Bammers is sponsored by Dead Soxy. Best damn socks in the world. Period. Did Alabama fans take Mike Shula for granted? A lot of fans consider the Mike Shula years at Alabama a dark time in the program's storied history. Neck deep in NCAA sanctions that limited scholarships, Shula did his best, but couldn't quite recruit and coach the program back to the national championship glory the fan base always expected. Winning wasn't an afterthought. Playing in a bowl game wasn't guaranteed. Alabama football was mediocre. He lasted four seasons in Tuscaloosa. He finished his head coaching career with 26 wins and 23 losses, a far cry from Bear Bryant and his replacement, Nick Saban, who has won five national championships at Alabama since replacing Shula in 2007. So you can imagine how being a fan and student during the Shula era might compare to now, when anything less than winning a national championship is an outright failure. We found some Alabama fans who were actually students during the Shula era, and their advice to today's fans is simple. Don't take things for granted. I'm Ben Flanagan. Welcome to Bammers. Mike Shula was starting quarterback at Alabama from 1984 to 1986, with two bowl victories and big wins over USC, Ohio State, and Notre Dame. His dad was NFL coaching legend Don Shula. He was a winner. Shula was hired as head coach in May 2003 after Alabama fired Mike Price. The program had just been hammered by the NCAA and lost Dennis Francione to Texas A&M. And then they fired Mike Price due to his off-field actions in a PR fiasco. Shula was only 38 and had a six-year, $5.4 million contract. Compare that to Nick Saban's eight years and $32 million of guaranteed money when he was hired to replace Shula in 2007, not to mention the more than $11 million a year Saban makes today. So what was it like being a fan of Alabama during the Shula years? To sum it up in one word, I would say it was a frustrating time. That's our friend Alicia Pruitt, who graduated from Alabama in 2008. Being a student, especially more just a fan, but actually being on campus during that time, just the attitude with Coach Shula, it was more like a, oh, he, he, ha, ha, he's our friend, he's our buddy kind of thing. Coach Shula, he used to eat in the dining hall with the students. Like, I mean, he was just, again, kind of like a, a buddy. And so I don't think players and even the staff took him seriously. So um, being a fan and having so many games where we were so close to winning and then like you could just tell that the will to finish wasn't there um, because it wasn't like we didn't have the ability because we had some great players during that time. But it it, is just it was kind of frustrating at times. You can't be too mad because you're like, yeah, they're the ones that's out there busting their butt all the time so of course they want to win so you you just kind of be like look I'm in it for the long haul so whether we win or we lose in my mind I was always like oh we're gonna beat this team we're gonna beat this team and again like I said it's not that we didn't have the ability to beat those people it's just that when we had the game and it was close we always just fall flat at the end. That whole stretch with Sheila those four years was a chore. Ben Baxter graduated from Alabama in 2010. His freshman year was 2005, Shula's best season. 
Ben was what you would call a super fan. He would dress up in red and white overalls. He had a red and white afro and sat front row at home games, along with his good pal and fellow superfan Jacob Summers, also known as Bama Man. As a student, it was just not a big deal. We, every game we thought, oh, this is a loss, you know, unless it was a, a small powder puff school, we, we thought it was a loss every, every game. So it wasn't a lot of confidence, uh, not like now. It was uh, definitely challenging, uh, but now, I mean, it's been, what, seven years, eight years since students now even had a bad season. Uh, so it's definitely, uh, we went from the, the bottoms of lows and you know, to, you know, having four and six wins a season to now it's like, oh, we got 10 wins, that's bad. Like, it's, it's different like now. So I enjoy it. It's good to kind of pick fun at uh, my classmates and stuff from high school that went to that other school down the, down the state. Yeah, but it, it is it's definitely surreal. Being an Alabama fan during the Mike Shula era was definitely different than it is now. But as an Alabama fan, I certainly don't look back at that era in a negative light, and I don't look at Mike Shula in a negative light. I think based on the circumstances and everything that was happening before he got here and while he was in Tuscaloosa, things went fairly well, relatively well, especially compared to how it could have gone. And there were some good spots and there were some bright spots, but I think most Alabama fans, and including myself, certainly wish no ill will to, to Mike Shula and appreciate the job that he tried to do in Tuscaloosa. I think it was this kind of pervasive sense of nihilism that we weren't getting the same kind of experience that, you know, our fathers had gotten with uh, uh, Bryant and, you know, everybody else, even, you know, the momentary greatness that, uh, that came after Bryant and certainly, you know, Stalings, sure. But it was a sense of, okay, we're going to go to a game, we're going to have an experience. It might not be a great one. The team may or may not do well and you might gut out like a five-point win unless you were playing you know some kind of paycheck game uh and even those didn't always work out take it back to 2003 well they had just fired mike price because you know his conduct was unbecoming of a university official so this is drew champlin I was a student at Alabama from 2000 to 2004 in sports editor of the Crimson White uh, going into 2003-2004 school year. You know, they really wanted to hire somebody to obviously come clean up the image and somebody who can't really just find a good head coaching candidate in May of any year. So they hired Mike Shula, and everybody's excited because here's this former quarterback coming back to relive his glory years, you know, take him to new heights. And I'm not sure what the expectations were, but... Uh, when people look back on it, they're always like, yeah, you know, he just, he knew he was coming in to patch up a rough time, but you know, I, don't, I don't think he was doing that. He was coming in to try and win championships. There weren't really very high expectations, but I think everybody was just excited to have kind of a fresh start. This is Matt Scalici. He works at AL.com. He graduated from Alabama in 2006. He was the Crimson White Sports Editor in 2005 and 2006. I think he was sort of an embodiment of where the Alabama fan base felt like they were at the time, which is just, there's, let's just have a clean start, no history, no record, let's just see what we can build up from kind of, from nothing. We basically have no advantage over anyone else, we're just starting it from scratch and let's just see where we can go. So there, I mean, there was, it wasn't optimism, but it was, it was kind of like, well, let's, Let's just start this thing over. Let's hit the reset button on the whole program. You know, the candidates, if I remember right, were a young Mike Shula who may have been 39 or so at the time, uh, late 30s, 
you know, Sylvester Croom, of course, at that time, uh, the SEC never had had a black head coach. And then Richard Williamson, who was a, a veteran coach uh, in college and in the NFL, you know, his opening press conference, he stumbled through his words a lot. He, he was kind of uncomfortable speaking. That's not like a precursor for failure. Some guys just aren't comfortable speaking to a bunch of media and people in suits all at once. So uh, that was kind of interesting, you know, that he didn't really, he couldn't really win a press conference. And then, uh, but I think everybody still had high hopes because he was a former Alabama quarterback who beat Auburn a few times during his playing years. I was there at the Bryan Conference Center when they fired Price because it was like less than a mile from where I was staying, and it was on a Saturday before exam week. So I was like, why not? Let's go down and watch a coach get fired, which was still the most surreal thing I've ever seen. David Smith graduated from Alabama in 2004. Everyone was really depressed, of course, when Price got fired because, I mean, it was May. The coach wasn't going to be able to work with the team until August. Of the three candidates when Shula got hired, of him, Kroom, and Richard Williamson, I think everyone was more excited about Shula just because of the last name. He was the quarterback. There was people trying to get some bit of optimism out of it. I grew up a Dolphins fan, so I was I was definitely hoping for him. Yeah, there, there was some optimism, but it was optimism in the face of lots and lots of chaos. I didn't really have much of a concept of you know who Mike Shula is or you know, what the university was getting with him. Will Nevin graduated from Alabama in 2007. He was in high school when Alabama hired Shula. He went to the spring game that Mike Price actually coached. But then, you know, when you get here to campus and you get invested in the culture and obviously in going to games, you know, the first year was not what anybody really wanted. And then it just kind of certainly went from there. But yeah, I don't have too many distinct memories of Oh, this is Mike Shula guy. He just he just was a thing that existed uh, by the time that I got here. You know, I think it was just the fact that here was this guy that people had heard of. Uh, forget the fact he had never been a head coach. I don't even think he had coached in college since he left. He had been a pro football offensive coordinator. So I think generally from what I remember, people were pretty excited because you know, here was a guy who they thought, hey, this guy loves Alabama. He, he was a good, pretty decent quarterback in the mid-'80s. You know, even your... 20-year-old Crimson Tide fans had heard the name, you know, even if it was synonymous with his dad, Don Shula, the famous head coach of the Dolphins. So from what I remember, it seems like there was a pretty fair amount of excitement. They knew the first year was going to be bad. Uh, So everyone's like, okay, hey, this is going to be a rough year, but it's going to improve. I guess the highlight was that that 2005 year, you know, we we beat Florida here at home, and that was huge because that definitely wasn't supposed to happen. What a win. You knock off the number five team in the country. How did you guys do it? Yeah, I was just so happy for our players. You know, we we did it by this guy right here standing to your right, you know, Brody Croyle. You know, this is a big win for us, but, you know, we got some big games coming up. Anybody who was there, if you ask them about that game, they'll tell you it's, it's the loudest they've ever heard that stadium get, and it might still be to this day. That was the Sports Illustrated cover that said Bama's back on it afterwards, so it was a huge deal at the time. There was never any more excitement around the program than at that moment. And then the pro throw catch. This is an awesome catch. Falk has great coverage, but see, he put his left arm on. Look, he catches off his back and holding on to the football. That's incredible. That's a that great job the of catch that. of the year. There we knew we had caught the ball and it was a good catch, but we had no idea what exactly had happened until everyone got home and saw the replay of it. So those two stand out the most, those two games. You had your moments. Like, you, you picked out your own fun. I remember the, the windshield wiper score for more promotion. Like, it was a big thing when we could get 28 points and you'd get that free windshield wiper fluid. 
Uh, and Rammer Jammer was such a big deal because, holy crap, Alabama won. Let's, let's be excited about this one thing. And uh, let's be excited about six wins and go into a bowl game. And it's those sorts of experiences that you don't have now. It's taken for granted that, oh, okay, Alabama's going to win 10 games at the minimum, and we're going to play for playoff position. And, oh, yeah, the Iron Bowl doesn't matter if Alabama wins or not. It's a totally different sort of experience comparing today to uh, the Shula era. Night and day would be an understatement. I mean, you basically had, you know, Nick Saban's going for his fifth national championship in the last eight years. And then, you know, Mike Shula uh, couldn't beat Auburn. You know, they just never could get that big win, it seems like. Then you started to just see a fall off that 2006 year, and they just couldn't beat anybody uh, of substance. I think there were certainly bad losses. The low point would have to be in 2006. There was still some hope after 2005. It was a good season. They kind of finally had this breakthrough moment, and then it all just went away in 2006. They went right back to what they had been before. The expectations are so vastly different, and more oftentimes than not, the team and the coaches live up to those expectations, and that's really remarkable coming from that era of just this pervasive sense of, ugh, we have to, we have to suffer through this again. The greatest joke yeah, we always had about the football team at the time is, well, geez, what's, what's Shula going to do at the goal line? Darby up the middle. Uh, you know, what's, what's he going to do on first down? Darby up the middle. Second down, Darby up the middle. It's this sense of we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and it's not going to work, and yet we're going to keep doing it. The toughest part of that season would definitely have been the Iron Bowl. So it, it wasn't a great team in 2006. I mean, that Auburn team was very, very mediocre. They were beatable, and Alabama just, they, they clearly weren't getting any closer to catching up with Auburn. And he felt pretty sure coming out of that game that, that he was probably done. Stick around for more Bammers. Step into fall in style. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. This is the first step in dressing for the job you want, not the job you have. From no-shows to the boardroom, or you just want to showcase your own style, Dead Soxy has your feet covered. Go to deadsoxy.com and enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders. Mike Shula as a coach, um, I mean, he was great. Mike Shula recruited Hoover High School standout quarterback John Parker Wilson, who would start all 12 games his sophomore season under the coach. Came in in such a tough situation with the turmoil with the previous coaches, so came in, and I think definitely turned in the right direction. I mean, I remember when I was a backup, and Brody and, and those guys, Brody and D'Amico and Roman Harper, go and beat Texas Tech, who was a pretty good team at the time, in the Cotton Bowl. So that was a, a much bigger game than we had been playing in, you know, hadn't been any bowl games. So going to that game, beating the Cotton Bowl, beating a team that was putting up a ton of points on the board, throwing it all over the place, went in. Uh, it was a big game for us, big game for the program. We were on probation. We were very limited in scholarships. Couldn't recruit guys, really, because we couldn't even go to a bowl game. I remember my senior class that I signed with, I think we had nine, nine guys that came and, and signed with Alabama. So guys wanted to go to Alabama. They were Alabama fans, passionate about 
where we were. And now looking back at it, you know, that, that was 12 years ago, 14 years ago, lots changed. So it's very easy to forget in that short time of where we were before, you know, we've had the run that we have. You know, you've, you've got to walk before you can run, or you've got to crawl before you can walk. And I think we were just in that beginning, rebuilding stage of, of the program. You know, obviously the past and, and the history that we had with Bear Bryant, after that time, you know, we were kind of finding an identity as, as a program, as a school, as a, as a university. And he definitely was on the forefront of turning it around. When Alabama wasn't a nationally heralded program like we are now, not a lot of guys wanted to come there when you couldn't even go to a bowl game. It's kind of tough to commit to a school like that, but he got the right guys in at the right time, and, and you know the rest is history now. Shula was an underrated recruiter. In fact, he was actually really good during his time at Alabama. He nearly pulled off the impossible in his recruitment of Tim Tebow. Not that anyone felt Tebow would actually play for anyone else other than his beloved Florida Gators. Shula managed to get his foot in the door and make Tebow think twice. During the 2017 season, we caught up with Tebow on the set of SEC Nation in Tuscaloosa to ask him about Shula. Uh, can you tell me what you thought of the job that Mike Shula did while he was at Alabama looking back? I know you had a good relationship, yeah. but if you could just speak to that, and if you think that maybe people took him for granted in any way. Well, I think that Coach Shula did a really good job here. Um, you know, he was someone that I was very close with, and his recruitment of me, and he has a lot of love for this university and the people here, and he's doing a great job you know, now in the league. And uh, was able to get a team to a Super Bowl, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, and not everybody probably saw it the same way, uh, but I think he's a really good football coach, and I know I really appreciate who he was as a person and also the type of coach he was. So there's always this question of legacy in sports, and Mike Shula definitely has one in Tuscaloosa. But what is it? Probably the fact that he came back to coach at Alabama during a troubled time. You know, it's not a job that anybody would have done. I think now anybody and everybody would come coach Alabama. But back then, uh, you kind of need somebody special who would come in and, and know the challenges he was getting. And I think Mike Shula knew that. He just couldn't really get them over the hump and beat those SEC teams like, you know, LSU, Auburn, that they uh, were accustomed to beating like they are now. So I think the biggest memory will be just the appreciation fans had at the time of him coming in at such a, a difficult time. Even though it didn't work out at the end, the fact that he was able to do that, I think that still, uh, still should hold a special place in people's hearts for that. I think if you talk to most fans about Shula's time at Alabama, they'll tell you it was kind of inevitable. It was this period you had to get through as a program from this really low point where you just went through all of these disastrous coaching tenures and it wasn't a good enough job yet that a great coach would take that job. You had to have a guy who was loyal to the program, who needed to get his start in coaching, and who was going to do things the right way and have a sort of clean reputation. He needed a fresh face for the program. And I, I think most people feel like Mike Shula was kind of a caretaker, I think, for this program, for that, that stretch of, you know, four years that he was there. It's complicated because he gets a bum rap because he came in in a nearly impossible situation and he did step up to the plate and do that and that's got to be commended. But there was just no signs of improvement going on and no signs of willingness to change, no signs of say, hey, we've got to right this ship. So you, you got to take the good and the bad with it. I mean, the program felt like it had leveled out under him. Even after 2005, it regressed, and it didn't feel like it was going to get back to that point or even better after 2005. So there just had to be the change that 
was made. I think his legacy would be easier to talk about, easier to sort of parody if he wasn't a nice guy. But I think by all accounts, he was a player's coach. Uh, you certainly hear uh, rumors about what the locker room was at the time, but I, you know, I can't speak to that. But the way he dealt with fans, the way he dealt with the media, his general reputation. I only met him once, and that was at Pizza Hut on 15th Street for like five minutes. Yeah, we didn't really have much of a conversation, but he always seemed like a really nice guy. You know, if we could have just kicked him out of town because he was a jerk uh, or because he had his own, you know, Pensacola, it would be different. But the way I look at him is... He was dealing with an impossible situation. He comes in with no time to recruit, no time to coach, suffers through a couple of bad years, has that one golden year, which might have been a great, all-time great year, if not for uh, the Tyrone Prothrow injury. And then, you know, he gets kicked to the curb after that. It's, I think, the legacy of a nice guy doing an impossible job under impossible circumstances, and it it reached its eventual conclusion. I think Mike Shula should be remembered as a good guy. I mean, I thought he was a fairly decent guy with my interactions with him. Just couldn't quite get over the hump. That's just really the only thing that sticks out. You know, you couldn't beat Auburn. Didn't really ever think you would beat Auburn as long as they kept him there. So nice enough guy, not really fit to be a head coach at the college level. He had a great playing career here. He had some wins here, but Alabama's obviously not going to be building a Shula statue. Uh, if we had a walk of very nice guys who tried their utter best, I think his statue would be the first spot. After leaving Alabama, Mike Shula went back to the NFL where he found success as an offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, molding former Auburn quarterback Cam Newton into league MVP until he was fired in 2018. But just this month, he was announced as the offensive coordinator for the New York Giants. So did Alabama fans take Mike Shula for granted? Was he better than everyone remembers? Was he what Alabama needed in such a dark time? Yes, I think so. Working with limited resources, starting in near impossible circumstances, I think Shula did a good job at Alabama. Is he Bear Bryant or Nick Saban? No. But who is? Would he have righted the ship after going backwards in 2006? What if Tebow had picked Alabama over Florida? That probably means no Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa. They weren't Alabama's best years, but for those of us who went to UA between 2003 and 2007, they were our years. And we obviously won't forget them or Mike Shula. The insane success of the Saban era makes the lack of it prior to his arrival go down a little smoother. For many, there are no hard feelings. Winning cures everything. But go back to that 2005 season, when all the pieces came together, despite so many obstacles. Alabama won nine straight games to start the season undefeated. The domination of Florida, the late kick over Tennessee, there was hope for a return to Alabama football glory. Then Jamarcus Russell hit Dwayne Bowe in overtime in LSU one. Then honk if you sacked Brody in Auburn. Never mind. Thanks to Ben Baxter, Drew Champlin, Will Nevin, Alicia Pruitt, David Smith, Matt Scalici, John Parker Wilson, and Tim Tebow. And special thanks to Robert Clay for his help with production of this episode. Join us as we continue our deep dive into Alabama football's fascinating fan culture. If you like the show, 
please subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the podcast. Thanks for listening. Additional clips from CBS and ESPN. Bammers is produced and hosted by Ben Flanagan for AL.com. You can find all episodes and other bonus content on iTunes, Google Play, and at AL.com slash Bammers. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple or wherever you download your podcasts. Tired of dress socks that won't stay up? No shows that slip in your loafer? Dead Soxy has applied its patent-pending technology to ensure you don't have to experience either of those issues. You really need to experience the difference a quality sock makes. Visit DeadSoxy.com. That's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. And enter the code BAMMERS at checkout to receive 25% off all orders.